you know, they shouldn't really give me my own mic. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to another solo roller for Dolo with Phil on the Command This podcast. I am coming to you tonight because Steve and Deb were not available, but I want to kind of touch base on a few things as we head into week two of the preseason. So the big news today is not even out of Commander's Camp. It is about old Deshaun Watson on appeal has his suspension changed up to 11 games, along with a $5 million fine. Um, I can't say I agree. Uh, it's just there's so much murkiness and gray area in whether or not what he did was forced upon or consensual or what the case may be that it's hard to say if... Um, you know, he is worth worthy of you know such a harsh punishment, especially because other players have done notably worse and gotten off with it. Now, I guess that maybe it is better late than never to start enforcing, you know, codes and rules of conduct more uh, you know, effectively and, and harshly. But at the same time, I've always believed that, you know, innocent until proven guilty and until he's charged with something or found guilty of something or found liable and has to pay damages to the various people you know that are going after him in court i just don't think that this is appropriate uh right now um but then again some people in the court of public opinion would rather uh see uh, him get suspended, I guess, because they feel that that's somehow a guilty verdict. And right now, no verdict has been rendered. And I really, really uh, wish that people would take a step back and, and try to see the process play out first. Let him be convicted of something. Let him go through the court process. And then the league can make a decision on if they're going to punish him. Um that's just my opinion on it. I, I, we can all have our opinions on whether or not he did, you know, freaky things or if he did, uh, illicit things, illegal things. If he was, you know, pressuring these women or using his, his celebrity status. Uh, but, um, I don't know. I, I would rather see some kind of court opinion handed down first where he is, you know, in a criminal suit or a civil suit, found guilty in a criminal suit or found liable in a civil suit before the league starts handing out punishments. You know, uh, you know, his his it's not like the league has any legal standing to try him in in uh, any kind of a court because this has nothing to do with him. The only time the league's going to have any kind of a standing is if he's in a legal dispute with the league. And he's not He's with these individual women. And I'm not saying I do believe him. I'm not saying I don't believe him. I'm just saying that until some kind of legal verdict is rendered, I don't see where the league can say, oh, yeah, you're suspended. Because 
What if he's cleared of all these charges? Then what did he get suspended for? What did he get suspended for? That's a question that people don't want to ask, but it's worth asking. You know, and you're going to set some pretty nasty precedents for guilty before being presumed innocent. You're just presumed guilty. Now, I understand that the NFL is not the legal system. The legal system says guilty or innocent until proven guilty. The league, though, shouldn't take the opposite stance of you're guilty until proven innocent. Because at that point, you're already punished. You've already paid $5 million. You've already missed 11 games out of a 17-game season. And, uh, which it's going to cost you even more money. And for what? If you end up being innocent. So I just think that's a bad precedent for the league to take. But then again, you know, Roger Goodell and league officials are prone to making, setting bad precedents. Anyway, moving on. We are coming up on the second week of the preseason. And I think that one of the things you have to look at is how much playing time does the first team get? Uh, we saw uh, more than you usually see uh, in the first preseason game, but I guess because now we're down to three games, different teams are trying different approaches. Um, word out of camp is that, A, Carson Wentz looking a lot better. Looking a lot better after that first preseason game, going back into practice. Seems the timing's down a little bit better. Uh, you know, a few more highlights popping up of him making throws in practice. So I like to see that continue. I like to see them push the ball just a little bit more um, in the preseason. Don't give away too much. Yeah, obviously, you don't want to. But uh, let's definitely uh, see if we can uh, open up that timing beyond you know the short routes and, and get more to the intermediate and deeper routes uh, on that. Also, Sam Howell getting some burn with the ones. And I think that, that really tells you that right now, he is going to be, he's a, he's a clear-cut favorite for number two over Heineke. I know this is going to upset the Heineke hive, but the Howlers or the Howitzers or whatever you want to call them, hey, your guy's stock is rising, and deservedly so. Um, so, you know, we'll see what he can do. I mean, he'll be playing against stiffer competition if he comes in before Heineke. He'll be playing against the twos instead of the threes. So we'll see if his game elevates and, and translates to play against uh you know, guys who are more likely to be on an NFL roster uh, come week one of the regular season. Um, also, we'd like to see if the defense opens up a little bit. Uh, Jack Rio had a lot of great things to say about the play of Cole Holcomb and his leadership, and um, I'm prone to agree. I like Cole Holcomb. I think he's kind of lumped in as being a bad linebacker because we have a pretty thin, weak linebacking core overall. Uh, but I think he can start on most teams in this league in some capacity. And uh, I think he's he's smart. And he, you know, finds himself always at the point of attack. He sometimes gets washed out because he's a little undersized. But he's there. I mean, he's nothing else occupying a body. Somebody else can make a play too. Uh, Jamin Davis... Still needs to show that he's more than just a freak athlete. Um, word out of practice is, you know, he's getting a little bit better at diagnosing plays instinctively rather than, 
you know, mechanically. So he's not thinking before doing, he's just reacting and, 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 and his instincts are getting a little bit better, but um, we'll see if that translates to an actual game. You know, you hear a lot of this out of practice when he does things like this, and you don't necessarily see it translate to games. And I wonder if maybe the pressure gets to him a little bit. Maybe the pressure of being a number one pick and people saying that you shouldn't have been a number one pick, you were a reach, you're a project, you know, and now he feels like he has to live up to his draft billing. Maybe he's overthinking things. I don't know. But I, these are the, the thoughts I have when I start trying to, to deep dive, not just into what, but the why. Why is Jamin Davis not showing the progression in live games, but he's showing it in practice? You know, or are we just getting smokescreen and being told that, uh, you know, that old, that Jamin's playing, performing better than what he is? I don't know. Defenses tend to have the advantage in the, uh, in the, in, in training camp because it's all geared to them. They know what's coming a little bit more than the offense knowing what the defense is going to do. So we'll see. Um, I'd like to see Jahan Dotson get more into the game plan and, uh, see if he can show, show the fans just a little bit of what they get to expect with him as a, as a starting wide receiver. See what this rookie can do. You know, we know we can he can do because we've seen it at Penn State, but I want to see what he can do, and I want to see it happen in the preseason game. Just one one good catch over the middle where he turns up some yak on it as well, and and it's just some, something to get excited about, you know, because that's what the preseason is. You only get little flashes here and there, but stuff to get you excited, and you know, I want to be excited. I actually feel pretty positive coming out of that first preseason game. You know, it was a very limited amount we saw with the starters, but you know, they were able to move the ball. Uh, just, you know, untimely fumbles and things like that. Just, they hurt. Um, another thing I would like to see is, uh, you know, I want to see how Brian Robinson does, you know, give him more of an opportunity. I haven't given up on Antonio Gibson. I'm not that guy like some people on Twitter and social media are, who immediately want to anoint him the new RB1 and, and all this other stuff, and, and Gibson can go ride the bench. Gibson's too good to ride the bench. Um, but, you know, he he, it's, he doesn't have a fumble. If you look at the numbers, he really doesn't have a fumbling problem. He has a fumbling problem in the wrong situations. It's either when we're backed up deep in our end of the field or when we're in the red zone, then you start seeing these problems take shape. So I would like to see him get his opportunity. He is the type of guy that bounces back well. If you keep feeding him the ball, he'll 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 atone for his mistakes. Um, but Brian Robinson is definitely playing like he smells some you know some blood in the water, and he's a shark, and he's going to shark his way into a uh, a number one role. So this is a good problem to have. You have a guy who has rushed for a thousand yards the previous season, almost did it the season before, and you have another guy who senses an opportunity that you know he could overtake that guy's role. So now you have two potential number ones at running back. This is a good problem to have, a wealth of weapons. And if Carson Wentz is going to be successful here, you can't just rely on Carson Wentz. You got to have a strong running game too. You know, he's not Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. You do have to build 
some team and some talent around him in order for him to be successful. This is probably the most talented uh, player for player uh, skill position uh, grouping that he's ever had. So let's see what he does with it. Um, I also want to see a little more out of our defensive line. I know it's a lot of it's basic right now. Um, I want to see if someone can really jump out to kind of to, to be Chase's, uh, you know, placeholder until he comes back. I want to see who on the defensive line can play opposite Montez Sweat and be an effective defensive end. Not a great, just effective. Do your job, do it well. Um, I am still in the Chaka Tony camp. Uh, some people like Casey Two Hill. Some people like, uh, you know, uh, James Smith Williams. Uh, you know, I think that you're going to see somebody break out the pack this week. That That's what I'm hoping for is that somebody's going to break out the pack this week and is going to cement themselves as the guy who's going to start until Chase Young comes back. Because when Chase comes back, that position's his. There's, there's no no doubt about that. But until then, somebody's got to uh, break out. I'm thinking it's going to be Shaka Tony. That would be who I would expect to do it. He's the guy who showed the most flash last year, and I'm hoping to see it this year. Um, I also would like to see someone else step up and take a leap forward at linebacker just to give um, give us some more options back there. You don't want to run with just the same two guys. Um, I saw that picture of Milo Eifler flexing over uh, a Carolina Panther, and um, after seeing that picture, I do take back everything nasty I've ever said about Milo and make it fun of it, make it all the Milo jokes that I've made because um, I didn't realize that dude was as ripped and as jacked as he is. Now, I would like to see it translate to play on the field, but the dude certainly looks like a linebacker, um, and I would not want to meet him in a dark alley. But uh, at the same time, I would like to see him give the dark alley treatment to opposing running backs and tight ends um, in on the field. And um, last but not least, uh, I would like to encourage the fans. There's a lot of debate going on right now because, oh, we didn't have this massive turnout for week one of the preseason. Well, first of all, we're talking preseason. You know, some people say there was only 10,000 people there. Well, funny, because I talked to people who were there, and they said it was 25,000 to 35,000. Um, there was about 10,000 that showed up to the uh, practice that they had at, at FedEx, and it was definitely way less filled than, you know, what we saw at that preseason game. So that's ridiculous. You know, all talk about mascots and... And 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 the name change and, and I was like, take it, take the name back. It's not going to happen. Look, sometimes you have to accept that things aren't going to go your way. The name is Commanders. The uniforms are what they are. The team is what it is. If you want to continue to have a professional franchise in Washington D.C. You have to get behind them. Now, they're not coming back till week one. So here's here's my challenge. If 
you're on the fence about going to week one, go. Treat it like a brand new era. Rock your burgundy and gold. Don't care what, what iteration you wear. If you wear Redskins, if you wear Washington football team, if you wear Commander's gear, go. Show up. Make a presence known. On Sundays, we are the same fan base. We can argue during the week. On Sundays, we are one. We are the Washington fan base. We are the Commanders fan base. And I would love to see a big show out of support week one to say, you know what? I may not like the name change. I may not like the name. I want to howl. I want to call them the Red Wolves. I like the football team. It's safe. Whatever. I'll mock your names now. But, come Sunday, week one, for that time period, we're all brothers and sisters in arms. So let's act like it. Let's show up. Let's have a big family reunion week one. That's my challenge to you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, you, and you, all in the Washington fan base. Sunday, week one, be there. Let's see if we can get this new era off on the right foot. Because I'll tell you what, you'll certainly like that name Commanders a lot more. And you'll certainly feel better about this name change when you're surrounded by 60,000 other people wearing the same colors and your team goes out there and wins and they win again and they win again and they win again because in the end winning cures all we expect this team to be better so let's go out there and see if they are so hopefully I'll see you week one Peace and hail.